It's Positive Spark Plug time, and I'm your host, Candace, and I'm so fired up to be delivering this episode to you. I have Luke Salmon on this episode, and well, just let me tell you, we dive deep, it is raw, it is impactful, it is profound, it is absolutely beautiful. He shares his story on how he started loving self-development through a book of Tony Robbins, his trip to South America where he did a lot of healing. He shares his story about Bali where he created a online business with a partner that helps people truly transform themselves through healing breathing and so much more this episode is truly magnificent and honestly one of my favorites and i absolutely cannot wait for you guys to listen in so let's get going hey luke how are you i am incredible how are you I am so good. I am so excited to have you on my Positive Spark Plug podcast. Um, How has your day been so far? Thank you. Yeah, my day has been really, really good. It's uh, it's 9 p.m. here in Australia now, up in Byron Bay. So, uh, yeah, day's been incredible, and I'm really excited to dive into this with you. Awesome. Well, before we get going into anything too crazy serious, I'd like to start off my podcast with asking my guests, what are your three favorite emojis or the three emojis that best describe you and why? Oh, my my three favorite emojis or three emojis that best describe me. I'm, I love, I love a love heart. That's, that's my top. But not the regular one. It's like a little bit, a little bit more modern. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's a love heart would be number one. Uh, two would be the the laughing, crying face. Like uh, it can be used in so many different ways. And then uh, third, third would be fire. I love a bit of fire. Nice. <laughs> Power. <laughs> there you go. I like that. I like that. Awesome. So. My first question for you is you work with individuals to truly like help with their healing of trauma, um, really dive into their truest potential. But I want to know a little bit about your background. How did that become your your career, your purpose? Yeah, cool. Awesome question. Uh, so I, I had, I'd been someone that grew up very much uh, – very much doing things a specific way everything had to look a specific way based on uh my parents expectations society's expectations so for me i was like well i want to be successful i don't want to i don't want to not have the best in life and based on my dad's example i was like cool success looks like this so i'm going to study and uh throughout high school so from the age of uh i'm going to say probably 14 i really started to dive into it to 18, I was just so committed to my studies. Uh, what I thought was, this is this is all success is. I need to study. I need to work hard. Uh, had a part-time job and was earning somewhat good money for a 15-year-old boy. 
And uh, yeah, just continued to go down that path. And it probably got to about 16 years old. And I was, uh, I just had this, okay, I'm going to be an engineer. I'm good at maths. I'm good at physics. I work so hard. I'm so analytical. I'm going to be an engineer. So that's where I, I sort of set my path. But also at 16 years old, I started to, well, probably 15, I started to rebel. And I was like, oh, there's this, there's this drinking culture over here in Australia. I had this, this rebel side of me. And I was, I was balancing quite well with that. I had the studies going on. I could show up a certain way at school and, and be there. But I also had this little party boy on, on the side. And it was, wasn't until 17 years old where I went over to South America for, it was actually for a school event and the Pope came over there and it was this uh, like religious pilgrimage. And I just woke up and was like, Hey, I'm, I'm in this position where I relate to all the people at school that are intellectual and they're like what are considered the nerds. And I also yeah. relate to the people that are partying and the footy players and the girls. And so I was like, I'm like, I'm a leader. I'm a bridge between these people. So I, I just honored that and that's what sort of, it, it put me on a more of a path of, of like, I want to contribute. I want to serve more. And I, I became like the school, uh, the school captain or the college captain. And um, I kept studying and uh, I got really good grades and I, I started engineering at, at university. And uh, I then, I then actually started in the fitness industry. So I was, okay. I was very much, I was very much working on my, my physical body for me. And then that was sort of a three, three or four year journey getting to that point at say, this is probably 19 years old now. So I was balancing part-time job, uh, working on my body, studying, still had that party sense, but I was also like, uh, uh, really connected to, to God at that point in time. And yeah, I just, it got to a point where I, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to work in the fitness industry. So I started as a, as a PT, I found a mentor who was uh, seven years older than me, started down that track. And at that point in time, he introduced me to the self-development world. He's like, hey, have you heard of this guy, Tony Robbins? I'm like, no, who's that? And I read his book and I was like, All right, I'm going to that. I'm going to go to that at one stage. And so I just sort of continued that. I was building myself up as a personal trainer. I was still studying at the time, full-time doing uh, engineering. And... Uh, at that point in time, he came to me. He's like, we, we're going to, do you want to open up our gym? Do you want to open up a gym together? I was like, that sounds really cool. But like, I'm, I'm really invested in this engineering. I'm going to do that long-term, but I'm going to help you start the business. I started questioning at that time. I actually had the, the Tony Robbins event. So probably two years after I read his first book and I was just introduced to this, this new way of being. And I was like, wow, like it's not about fitting inside a box. It's thinking divergently. It's, how can we look at psychology? How much of our, our life and reality is, is limited or expanding based on what's going on in our head? So that grabbed me there. I was like, self-development, this is for me. So I just kept committing to more and more events. We opened the gym together and I ended up dropping out of university. I was like, cool. Uh, I've loved what I've done so far. I've learned a lot, but two and a half years into a five-year degree, this isn't for me anymore. Let's start the business. Let's do this. So literally threw ourselves uh, into uh, what could have sent us fully bankrupt. I mean, like, where do we go from here? But we thrive. We build a beautiful business up. Uh, over that two and a half years, I was just committed to doing more and more self-development work. So Tony Robbins, NLP. I was getting into breath work. I was doing uh, somatic style work. So in the body, breath work, trauma release, uh, energetic healings. Uh, yeah, just really dove into that. And over the sort of up until this point in time, 
it's been probably $70,000 Australian in, in investing in myself in those modalities. And uh, only in the last four months is when I was in Bali at another retreat. And uh, I just woke up and COVID hit, COVID hit the world. When I went over there, it was, it was, it was something happening in, in China. And people were like, oh, it's nothing too bad. A few people wearing masks. We went into this uh, immersive event, no phones, no technology for eight days. Came out, the world had just completely shifted. And I was just like, wow, I'm, I'm not meant to go back home right now. I spoke to him, uh, tried to work out what we we're going to do with the business because I own 25% of it. And uh, I just decided that I'm going to then coach online. So for the past four months, I've, I've, uh, I've since met a, a new business partner who was on the retreat with me. And we've, uh, we've really gone into these skills that were, that were just sort of happening in our life. It's like, cool, I'm, I'm upgrading who I am and I'm getting, I'm moving through my traumas and my limiting beliefs and rewiring my brain and my subconscious. But now is the time for us to help other people do that. So it's been three, three years in the making. And there's just been so many opportunities and eventually just COVID was the blessing that went, Hey, now's the time to, to go in on that. And, uh, yeah, so we've, we've just finished our first immersion program. We had nine, nine souls go through that and experienced really, really great depths of transformation in that. And, uh, yeah, we're in the launch of our next program now. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's called empowerment. So it's, it's a journey. And, uh, and yeah, we've got some retreats booked at the end of the year as well. So we're going to do some immersive uh, seven-day retreats as well. So that's really where I'm at now. And, yeah, another startup. I love a startup business. So much changes and you learn so much about yourself. And obviously with what's happening in the world too, it's a lot of adapting to what's going on. And a lot's coming up for me too because I've become so connected to energy and other people. I'm, I'm also connected to what is happening in the world right now. A lot of a lot of stuff's being uncovered and a, a lot of lights being shining on the darkness. And I'm feeling that and a lot of my own fears and stuff are coming up. So yeah, I, I have a, I have a few tools that I go into to process my emotions and, and clear them out. And then like, okay, I'm back. I'm ready to go. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you for all um, that. that is amazing. That is quite the, quite the journey and story. That is incredible. I'm going to bring you back to South Asia you you were saying that at that point you went and you were still kind of in the mix of like you're partying but also you're studying was there a like a specific situation or moment in south asia a conversation a a a moment in time where it really hit you um that it was like okay maybe the partying life is the people that i'm trying to help and guide but it's not the the story or the journey for me how did you switch that how did that mindset switch for you especially when you weren't so in the personal development stage at that critical moment yeah really great question i think largely i connected so this is this is when i when i was in i was sorry it was, it was south america actually i connected south america, to, sorry I connected to really faith and spirit and i was around the, the big thing was there was three million people there who who slept on a beach for this this uh this it was a catholic pilgrimage for the for the, the whole catholic community so like i connected to people who i'd never been around before and i saw how connected they were to their heart i saw that that was so like connected to a vision and a purpose greater than them and that was faith and that was community so that was it just started a questioning for me and i was like okay like 
I'm living this life of party, but I'm also living this other phase. Like, is there a way for me to integrate that? And yeah, I think the, the possibility was just shown to me the whole trip. And I went, cool, this, this is something I can do. And I came back and I slowly started to let go of the partying. Uh, I was still going out and being social. And like in that period when most 16, 17 year olds were, were drinking, I was like, no, like I'm going to start studying now. So I could, I could then be like, cool, I don't need the substance, but I can also be there and be social and be the life of the party too. So I think, yeah, to bring it back, it was, it was just being in that community in the space of people who were 22, 23, 24 years old, a lot older than me who were like just so energetic and so vibrant and so connected to their heart and their body. I was like, that is something that I can be. And yeah, it was just my reference point. And to elaborate on that, like a comparison for, uh, for me in my life has been massive. It's played out more to be beneficial than a lot of people will be limited by comparison. So I look at mentors and role models. I'm like, I get to become that person if that's what I choose. So I think the element of comparison really helped me in, in that period of my life oh I like that um so once you you got home and what were your next steps were you just trying to hopefully start connecting on a deeper level while being present in kind of the the partier scenes were you like going out and just kind of if somebody was willing to listen whether it was a drunken ear or somebody actually wanting to like hey get to know you a little bit was that your first approach on trying to share what you have learned yeah uh definitely for like the the old crowds that i was in definitely being more present and being like hey like i have some depth about me now it's not so surface i want to know what's going on in your life and i could connect with people who had never really been met like that in any ways before. They're just like, oh, everything's service, everything's party, uh, get drunk, uh, girls, boys, whatever it is. And yeah. for me, I can, I can go a little bit deeper with you. But in saying that as well, then I was connecting on a, I was encouraging more people who were a little bit disconnected from the social aspects to be like, hey, you can also be a part of this and you can live this more vibrant social life. And you get to, you get to do that not going against your values or anything you get to be in integrity with that and, and get to dive deep with these people as well because they have a heart they've just learned and been around different environments so we can we can we can connect on that level awesome so was your friend that you met that got you into tony robbins was he a uh like a partier and also or was he was he a part of that crowd as well yeah interesting he was he's actually seven years older than me so okay. uh, he was he was a role model that stepped into my life so at this state when i first so he was actually he was my personal trainer from the age of 16 i then started working with him as i turned 19 so i was he had a he had a personal training business which was doing six figures he was doing quite well with that so i was like cool you can take me on i'll do my studies but at that point, he he had life experience, and I, I hadn't, I, I didn't know about that. I had my dad, and we weren't so close in connection. So, uh, my my mentor, his his name's Trent at the time. He just filled in the blanks. He had lived a party life himself. He was a professional uh, in Australia. We have NRL, so rugby league uh, similarities to gridiron. So, he 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 had played professional rugby league. So I was like, cool. You meet me in the sport. You've lived the life that I'm currently living and navigating. Uh, and yeah, you're a mentor that's committed to, to personal development. So he, he could really relate with me on that level. And there was a lot of parts of me that I was like, I want to be like him. So how can I start to learn those things? 
So what are some of the lessons that he has really helped you learn that you are now taking and helping others learn? Yeah, wow. Deep question. I love these questions. Uh, some of the lessons for him. Uh, a big one was respect. So I think for a lot of his life, uh, he had he was he was very different. He naturally had uh, just this beautiful, I'm going to say it was a seductive look and feel about him. And I think a lot of people had judged him because of that. Like, oh, you're, you're always getting the girls. Uh, you're, you're great at what you do. You're very good at sales. And I think a lot of people judged him and they projected their, their stuff onto him. But under that all, there was just this deep, deep level of respect. Regardless of what was happening in his life, he always treated everyone who, who respected him with, with so much respect. So that was the number one lesson. Uh, lesson on, on definitely growth. Uh, so redefining what growth meant to me. So for me, it was just about uh, how do I grow with my university degree and be successful at work? It was like, well, how can you also put this into your relationships, into fitness? So challenging and, and showing me, show me a new reference point for growth. And uh, <clears throat> definitely a lesson for me or what I've knack, I, 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 I can see with my clients is just self, just belief. He's, he believed in me so much and I never had that level of belief coming from my dad. My dad truly loved me, but he, the, just a relationship, he wasn't there to support me in the way that my, my, uh, my mentor at the time did. So just pushing so much self-belief towards me, like, look, whatever you want to do, you're capable of doing that. So yeah, probably the three respect, uh, growth and, uh, whatever I said the third one was. I think you muted yourself. Um, going back to your your dad, because he seems like he was a, a big part of your life. What are some, even if it was maybe a little bit complicated, what are some of the, mm. the things that he instilled in you um, that mm. you have really been able to utilize within this career, your fitness career, and all of mm. all that you're uh, continuing to do? Mm, yeah, uh, hard work and resilience. So uh, it's interesting, and this this may help some of the viewers too. Uh, what I've what I've really taken from a lot of the work Tony Robbins does is, as as children, we crave generally one of our parents or roles model role models love more than the other. So for me, my dad's love was quite scarce. So for me, I was like, how can I prove myself and get love from my dad? And that meant me becoming the person that was so similar to my dad because people similar to us are the ones we, we give love to and receive it from. So for me, it was about hard work and resilience. He was very hard work. He was very committed. He just built it from his hands. He was quite successful. He had property. So for me, I was like, cool, I get to learn what hard work is. And that has really helped me in life. There's definitely been downfalls of it and being connected to my emotions and being expressive and having time to stop and to be and to reflect. Uh, but yeah, hard work and resilience have just have been big, big, big lessons uh, for, yeah, what my dad has been for me. And I think for, for, for everyone in life, there's, there's always going to be uh, the positives and, and the negatives of that, but we get to be respectful and, and appreciative for the parents that we have and they've caused us to be a certain way. If we wanted the ideal parents, 
we we wouldn't have developed a lot of the skills that we've had to through the pain. So we get to be grateful and respectful for that. Yes. What is resilience to you? What is resilience? <laughs> uh, resilience has been a big part of my life. Uh, I think resilience, there's a physical aspect to it. So uh, <clears throat> being able to withstand pain, working out, having the resilience to be like, cool, I'm going to step into this cold shower this morning, even though I don't want to fucking do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to subject my body to this stress because it's going to benefit me. So there's a, there's resilience on a physical level. Like I, I know my, my brain jumps in and goes, I know that this is going to cause you some pain and some discomfort, but I'm going to do it anyway because I know it's for my good. There's also a level of, uh, I'm going to say uh, emotional resilience. How, how can we hold ourselves in some of the, the deeper emotions of pain, of suffering, of sadness, of, of anger? How can we, how can we be present with that emotion, hold ourselves in it, and then release it? And, and that brings up a point around a lot of people are, are conditioned to think sadness is bad, anger is bad, all these specific emotions are bad. As humans, we will feel it all. So we get to then be able to, okay, resilience is me sitting with this emotion, holding myself in feeling that, not reacting and not outbursting, then creating the safe space that if we need to express that, we can. Uh, so emotional, physical mental resilience as well uh we have we have all that happens in life and it's going to test our ability to believe in ourselves and to feel worthy or feel like we're not good enough so mental resilience is about us uh becoming aware of the stories that we're telling ourselves that we're not good enough and we're unworthy but being also like cool that's also a lot of bullshit that's come from my conditioning yes. so me and my resilience and my, my mental resilience is no i believe in myself I just get to take more aligned action with what it's going to take for me to, to be able to do that. Wow. Oh, I like those. I like those. I like that's that. really good. That is, <laughs> that's an excellent, like in-depth, like definition. A lot of the times when I hear resilient, um, I hear like the, Oh, it's how you bounce back. It's how you move mm. forward. It's all of that. I really, I, really loved how you especially when you said the emotional where you sit in it and really you know feel it and and own it and and say that it's okay and then make a safe space that is i believe the the key to really being able to experience all of life um mm. is we get so quick to react to what people say is a negative emotion so like sad or anger and we just feel it and then just shut it off or yeah. we just reflect it onto somebody else well if i'm feeling this you have to feel it too or whoever else is around me has to be feeling this too because i cannot withstand this feeling myself so here we go share it and it's just mm. with same with positive emotions or the happy go lucky emotions um mm. but we're really quick to uh deflect or ignore the 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 ones that are not so comfortable to be in so i really mm. i really like that you you said you know sit with it and 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 make it feel okay and safe for you a lot of the times we don't understand that it's within ourselves and if that emotion feels okay and we can make it feel safe within ourselves then within the situation outside of it, we can start working and navigating and making it safe or removing what needs to be removed on the outer side so that now it's reflecting what's inside. Mm, definitely. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, the positive as well because like we're conditioned that 
um, tall poppy syndrome in Australia. Definitely, I know in the UK and the US they have it as well. It's like, oh, I feel good. I, I have success, but I can't feel that because someone else does it. It's like, no, you get to own. You get to own the parts of life where you are succeeding too, because that's that's your authentic expression. You're actually in that. So. Yeah, I so resonate with like you get to feel and be happy and dance and sing and laugh and we get to do that too. <laughs> yes, yes. So you started off, you know, you were in school, you started going to your trainer, Trent. He asked you to the the Tony Robbins, uh, well, he showed you, introduced you to Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. um, you read his book. What was what about that book really flipped your mindset to really be like, okay, this is something that is going to now be a part of my daily life, but also something that I'm going to work on to help create, you know, a difference in others as well. Mm, yeah, it was, it's just, it was a book that I had never, I'd never seen anything like it before. It was so different. It was, uh, I think it was, uh, it was Awaken the Giant Within, one of his first books. And I was like, what? Like he was, he was literally going through uh, some of the processes of NLP. So talking about submodalities and like, I was doing all these exercises in my head. And he's like, make the picture bigger, like whatever suffering you're feeling. Uh, so make it smaller, dim. And I was like, oh, this actually works. What is this? So it was just content that I had never seen before. And because I was invested and embodied in that book, I was like, oh, wow, this actually works as tangible results. So then I've been like, cool, let me look up this man. Like, where is he? So I looked online. I was like, oh, he's got all these articles and, and, and things. And he's just talking about optimized life and human performance and potentiality. And I was like, cool, I am going to go see this man one day. This was, it, it took me two years to actually get to him. But I just knew in that moment, like, I didn't even, I didn't even think I finished the book. I might've only read 80 pages and I went, this is for me. I don't have to finish. Like, I know this is for me. I'm going to see him in person at one stage. So yeah, it was just so different to what I ever experienced before. So with with reading that and, you know, being involved with the gentleman that introduced you to him and you guys having that same energy, was going into the fitness industry kind of just like a cue, an option where it's like, hey, you know, the fitness industry has to do with personal development. Maybe I'll start myself or put my foot in that water and see where that goes. Was it an offer that he made you? How did you get, um, how did you get building that fitness industry? Because uh, you, yeah. you made like seven figures. Yeah, uh, the, the gym at the end, we got to seven figures. But at the start, it was just, yeah, it was just us two working together. So to get into the fitness industry. So I was actually working at a butcher part time. Like I was just doing the thing. And it comes back to, to dad and the hard work again. I was so built to work hard and to just do whatever it took. So I got to the point where I had no uh, qualifications as such to be a butcher. I didn't go through an apprenticeship of some sort to be able to cut up meat and to, to do all the all the bits and pieces with it. I was just like, I started off as a wash-up boy and then was serving people on the on the counter and like Christmases were massive at a butcher because so many people were ordering hams and all the all that all the different animals. But yeah. I was I was just so committed to it for five years of my life that that was everything it it was flexible by the end of it because I built a reputation with my boss at the time. And yeah, it just got to the end of that cycle. And I was like, hey, there's something more for me. Like this was great and it supported me. But now I get to focus on something I'm more passionate about, be health. And I also get to have my own clients who I get to help. So at that time, my mind had been like, oh, there's this self-development thing. And I get to do what I love. 
so here goes it's it's something completely new for me and that started my journey and yeah it was a lot to get to the point where i had enough belief to that cool i can also train people and get them the results they wanted but it was just those initial foundations of okay self-development uh there's so many skills and tools and yeah i was at the i was at the completion of the cycle of my my first part-time job as well so how how did you transition um over to the to the fitness world did you just quit your butcher job did you slowly increment it out by like having a client here kind of making sure that you know because you were saying you're you're extremely hard worker so i can imagine just going from like quitting to maybe a couple of clients probably wasn't your your greatest thing so how did you manage to make it so that you know you were working hard no matter what you were doing and that you knew that if you were to leave the butcher what you were going to you're still going to be able to put in that hard work still get that satisfaction of doing you know your daily job feeling hard feeling good how was that what was that mindset because yeah. going from something especially so concrete of knowing okay these are hard jobs this is my work i know i can do this daily to a pt or anything fitness is a little scary because that's what i do you never know it always fluctuates it's going right yeah. then left then up and then down so how did you manage your mind and the mindset going through that yeah cool good question uh in in saying that too i i was still having 30 hours of contact at university a week as well and it was two hours of travel a day when i went so i was juggling a lot already i was like oh. cool i'm gonna start this new thing I've got 30 hours of study plus two hours each day. So it was like a 45 hour week of, of committing to study and then the weekends to study. And I, only wow. worked, I, was, I was working two out two days a week at a butcher. So I worked a full day on a Wednesday and uh, I think it was about an eight till 3 PM day on a Sunday. And outside of that, it was either study my own training. So I had the, it wasn't a lot of work to, to leave at the butcher. And I was in a position like being, uh, 19 years old. I didn't have a lot of expenses. I had my own car that I'd saved up for already. There wasn't a lot of expenses because I wasn't going out and drinking and spending my money. So I actually got to the point where I was just like, Hey, I'm ready to let go of this. And I'm, I'm committing to, to PT. So I remember for my first week, so I, I completely let go of the butcher. I said, look, I'm still here at times. If you need me, didn't, didn't fully let go, but I was like, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm going to make this transition. He's like, cool. It's the end of this. And, uh, I think for the first week i had uh one client so i earned 40 dollars, and uh i think i had him for two weeks and then I, he was sleeping and i mean i'm like what the fuck is this and then picked up another client the week after so i'm doing these uh these uh consultate consultation sessions and i'm like trying to get over this get to this new transition i'm actually going to sell myself and how i can help someone so i was learning those skills and yeah it was like 40 dollars a week for the first couple weeks i'm like oh yeah, this is unfulfilling and then i lost that client I'm like, wow, I'm earning no money now. And then I started to pick up some more and it just slowly started to build itself up. But as you said, with the, there's stuff happening left and right. And it's quite unstable at times. I had weeks where I, one weekend I lost like four or five clients. And that was half my base at the time. And I've gone like, wow, what do I do? So yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty. And for my life, it was very much built on certainty of study of work. So it really tested me uh, and caused me to grow in that period. But yeah, over, over the, the next six months, I really started to develop new skills. And I, I got to a point where I might have had 
uh, 20 sessions a week that I was, I was training. So it was, yeah, it, it paid off. That what, what, um, what are some of those lessons that that uncertainty period of time um, mm -hmm. has taught you that now within your career um, is probably the same, especially with online reaching out. Um, mm -hmm. How do you now manage yourself, your energy when things become uncertain? Because it also sounds um, kind of like you have learned to kind of work through also not having a sense of perfectionism as well. Is that, is that true? It sounds like you've had to battle that as well. Can you talk a little bit about those? Because being a perfectionist or having that quality and then uncertainty arising, that definitely will intermingle some um, energies because mm -hmm. one's going, I need this, 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 and this, and this one's going, hey, all yeah. over, let's just flow. So how um, was that period of uncertainty um, help you become more prepared for when uncertain things come up now? Yeah, cool. Uh, so for me, uncertainty taught me a lot about uh, not having attachments and life is constantly impermanent like there's going to be shifts and changes and uh, throughout the last year I'd say I've got more in line with the okay, universe God whatever you want to call it is always supporting me so whatever happens whatever shifts happen as hard as they may seem and if someone doesn't commit to, to being a client or I don't get the outcome that I was hoping for there's always something better for me I just have to let go of this old uh, to, 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 to bring in the new to my life so Definitely the uncertainty taught me about not attaching, having high intentions with whatever I'm doing, but not being attached to the outcome. And uh, the idea of impermanence that, yeah, it's, nothing is actually going to last forever. And then your second question for perfectionism. Yeah, so part of having a startup business in, in building the gym to seven figures and starting this new coaching business as well, there's been a lack of perfection. It's like we don't actually know what we're doing. There's so much uncertainty around how are we going to create results in this period of time? How are we going to hit these financial goals? How are we going to do this? But it's about trust and enrolling ourselves with a mentor who already has the results that we have or what we want to achieve. So, uh, yeah, it's been big lessons around it. Like, yeah, and another one, it doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to be perfect. There's no right and wrong. Just do it how we think it's going to be and uh, just throw, throw, throw ourselves into it. If this is what's aligning with our heart, we're going to be supported in doing that. Nice. So I have a question for you because I really, I really liked what you said to about attachment, not attaching. So how, how can somebody, is there a difference between attachment and connection? In and terms how of do you, so, cause we can, you, you say don't attach yourself to something or to anything or to something, but how do we then bring ourselves to connect? with it is there a difference is there a similarity is there is the attachment part like clinging to something what is mm -hmm. the how do you connect but not attach i should yeah, say yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting concept i think in terms of connection with people uh our tendency is to to generally attach to it and i, I think attachment can be related to uh, when there's resistance of some form. So like just looking at relationship dynamics, it's like 
one person is fully invested, one is not. So the person who's invested will attach themselves to that outcome. Where I think genuine connections are where there is a lack of resistance. Yeah, there's going to be times where it's tough and there's, there's, there's elements to work through, but there's more of a flow. There's less resistance to work through. Uh, in terms of, say, the attachments I was, I was referring to, it's like, yeah, it's like, cool, we're going to reach this goal. So we must have this now. It must look this way. It's like we can let go of the way it should look. It's going to happen for us if that's what's meant for us. So let's let go of the attachment. Let's have, an, let's have a high, uh, high intention on wanting to achieve that or have that in our life. So, yeah, the, I think connection, genuine, deep connection, uh, if it's aligned to us, there is going to be a lack of resistance, which is generally what's causing people to attach. It's like, I need to force this. And in the forcing of that, I'm putting so much energy. Now I will cling and attach to that. Does that answer the question? Yes. Yes. I like that. Yes. Um, I also like with, with you were saying to goals is connect with the goals, but don't be attached to the exact steps of how you have to get to those goals. Yes. I like that. I like that. So speaking of intentions, uh -huh. what are they and how do you set them? Cool. Yeah. So intentions can look very different for different people in, in different parts of their journey. So uh, I can reference intentions in the spiritual com community. It's all about like, I'm going to wake up today and an intention I'm going to set for myself is to be, is to be loving, uh, is to, uh, is to be fully expressed, whatever that may be in terms of uh, probably relating it more to business and perhaps the fitness industry. Intentions are quite similar to goals. We're setting we're setting specific goals. So my, my intention could be that I want to, I want to earn a certain amount or I want to impact a certain amount of life. So an intention is, okay, this, this is an outcome we want to achieve. And what I was referencing, it's that we shouldn't so much attach ourselves uh, to, to the outcome or the intention having to be a certain way, or as you said, the steps, because life's going to change. It's going to unfold for us in front of our eyes. Yeah. If we, if we have, so this is bringing some Joe Dispenza work. If we attach an elevated emotion to our attentions, to our intentions, there's more of a chance of that becoming a reality, but it may not be delivered the way you think it's going to be. So yes, we can strategically map out, hey, if I want to earn this amount, I've already impact these lives or grow my following or whatever it may be, here's some steps I can take, but life's going to throw curveballs. But if we keep coming back to our intention with an elevated emotion, yeah, we have the potential to actualize that. So how would, how would an elevated emotion get attached to a goal? Is it an experience that maybe you've already had like a success or yeah. just the pure excitement that maybe builds up within you thinking about a goal? Um, how, how does that high attention attach to, to what you are planning on? Yeah, cool. So uh, it, it comes directly from, from Joe Dispenza's work and, when we uh, start to access emotions, emotions are energy. So when we, when we associate our outcomes and our intentions with the emotion, we're accessing energy, which is basically the, the 5D realm. It's all, all the spiritual I'm gonna manifest. Emotions are the things that are existing in that, in that realm. So 3D body, yes, we are a 3D body. That's our, our, our outcomes, our intentions. But when we put in elevated emotions, such as love, such as gratitude, such as fulfillment, we raise our vibration because the goals we want to achieve, we aren't achieving them because we're not resonating at what that goal is. It's, it's an upgrade for us. 
So when we start to resonate at love, like all these emotional frequencies are very high, of resonating at love, of gratitude, of fulfillment, of enlightenment, if you get there, uh, these are going to draw us closer to our goals. Ah, so how would somebody, is there practice that somebody can do to help keep themselves in alignment with their intentions? Are there certain practices? Are there certain uh, ways to go about this? Yeah, cool. So it's, it's uh, there are a few ways and a lot of it's like, meditation is like depending on the meditation so meditations which also involve visualization is a way of doing that so the, the practice of meditation like you can link it back to uh more of the traditions and meditation is more about mindfulness and stillness we can also bring in that element of manifestation which is about the visualization so i know joe dispenser he has a lot of uh you, you can purchase his actual meditations guided meditations tony robbins does a priming exercise which you have your, your outcome, your visualization, you attach to it. He's like, what are the feelings you want to feel? Feel the love, feel this. What would your life look like? So you're attaching yourself to that. And like, yeah, it's going to be different for everyone what works for you. So when you develop your own practice around that, it's about just accessing the state, being able to visualize that and then attaching yourself to the emotion. So some people may include in a morning routine, a midday uh, meditation or at nighttime, journaling and writing about your ideal life. There's so many practices but yeah, you can come back to Joe Dispenza simply or Tony Robbins and then you just work it into your own lifestyle. And that's, that's something I've learned. It's like there's so many different things out there. What actually works for me? And I've just pulled elements from everything. Like, cool, these are the routines that I, I want to practice. Wow. So you've set your intentions for your goal, uh, for your goals within the gym. You achieve mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And you're doing good. And then you went on a trip to Bali. Were yeah. you going to on a trip for like fitness or was it just like a vacation or was it a self-development trip? Yeah. What, what caused you to go off to Bali? And because when Bali, you came back, it was COVID. And then it was mm -hmm. like, we had a whole other flip of mm. what you decided to dive into, which we'll get into. But what caused you to go to Bali? Yeah, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll just, uh, presence first, the the whole two and a half years of building up the gym, we did get our goals. It was not easy. It was not easy. So there's a lot of shifts and changes that happened there. But throughout that whole period, I was still so heavily invested in my own personal growth and development. And this retreat, which was in March of this year, that was a personal development retreat over in Bali. Uh, <clears throat> throughout my journey, I have I have gone on a transition. So for me, it all started in my mind. So a lot of it was Tony Robbins work, which is very much about practical psychology using NLP. I then did my NLP practitioner trainings and hypnotherapy. But over the last year, especially in November of 2019, that's when I was introduced to more somatic work. So this was about uh, more of the emotional body, not so much the mindset. It's like, what are some of the emotions and traumas stored in our body? And uh, this retreat in March was, it was called embodiment. So how can we actually be the embodiment of our message, be in integrity with the skills and the tools we have? So on that retreat, it was very, very, very focused on, uh, on breath work. So breath work is, is such a, a big uh, modality as well. You can look at someone like Wim Hof, who has a very performance style breath work, the, the Iceman for his, yes. uh, for his exposure. What the breath work we were doing was more so related to, to trauma release. So uh, we have stuck trauma in our body. We have, we obviously, we go through life and we have, uh, we, we create meaning and negative emotions around specific things. 
But that trauma and those emotions are actually stuck physically in our body. And you can look at yogic philosophy and they talk about a lot of tension, sadness, anger being stored in our hips. So similar yeah. practices we have emotions stored through our body. So when we breathe, like we were doing three to three and a half hour breath work. So we would lay down or sit upright and we would just breathe. So the, the practice was an open mouth. You're just breathing air in and we're accessing these states. Like we we're going to, we hyper oxygenate our body. That was part of it, but you also move your body. And as you're breathing, you, you start to tap into your subconscious mind. And then from that, we start to release a trauma from our body. So look, if, if someone was someone who'd never seen this had walked into a room and saw uh, 20 of us breathing with 10 facilitators, you would have people who were screaming, people that were crying, people that bodies was just like shaking uncontrollably. Some people had experiences where their their soul, their soul left their body and then came back into the room. They had to get integrated back into the room. So very, very deep experiences. But with breath work, it's only ever going to, you're only ever going to take yourself to the place that you're ready to let go of. So uh, you can, in, in specific breath work techniques, especially trauma release, you have your body starting to cramp up and it's a sign of like you, you get to let go of whatever this is here. So there's a thing called tetany where you breathe and your hands cramp up and it's like, it can be seen as a metaphor, like what aren't you letting go of in this practice? So the breath is about surrendering. For me, breath work now since that retreat is, is the best and easiest form for me to express my emotions. So because I've become aware of what my energy is naturally and when I feel tension or sadness or anger, I know I, I get to breathe. So I'll create the space for it. I'm, I know I'm holding it and people are like, oh, are you okay? I'm like, I am. I'm okay in this moment. I get to breathe and release whatever's there for me. And I'll create the space and I'll just breathe and breathe and breathe. And I'll tap into my heart space and my body and I'll release. I'll, I'll have outbursts of anger, but I'm doing it in a safe space. I'll cry. Uh, and then subconscious like messages will come through. And it's like, cool, this is why you're feeling this way. And I can, I can access that. So the large majority of the retreat was breath work. It was in Bali. It was a beautiful, immersive experience. I was an indigenous energetic healer, a really good friend of mine, because we actually stayed in Bali for six weeks after that. Uh, we did some practices around guilt and shame, so releasing them from our body, uh, speaking our truth. So a lot of people have energetic blockages around their throat area because they aren't speaking. They're being conditioned to, no, like you can't say that. That's, that's frowned upon. Society says no. So they'll have blockages. And when you access these states, you'll find that, oh, the reason why I don't speak my truth is based on this subconscious conditioning. So breath work is a, is a form for you to be like, oh, I can actually access that now. And yeah, people have past life experiences. Some people uh, will just be like, what, what, I don't believe in a past life. For some people, they're open to it and they'll have experiences with being in battle or, or being a slave. Like there's so much just these, these very uh, unknown experiences that people have through that. So it was an eight-day experience. And for me, I removed so many layers and conditioning around that. Uh, Do you mind uh, sharing some of the things that uh, you, you released um, throughout sure. those practices? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a really deep person. I share a lot. So like, I'm just, I'm all for. I'm awesome. I, I find, especially with podcasts, the deeper you go, the more resonation you can hit with somebody. Um, so yeah, if you would, if you wouldn't mind sharing some of the, the things that you got to release, uh, during those breath works, that would be amazing. Yeah. So, uh, one of the breath works, especially I, uh, I connected to some of the trauma my mother had had. So she had, uh, she'd been sexually abused when she was younger. So even though I wasn't physically in her womb when that happened, her trauma was stored in her body. So as a baby being raised and, and growing inside of her, I had elements of that trauma that I was holding on to. So when I breathed, I tapped into some of that that she had gone through. And then I spoke to the facilitators after and he's like, 
the very fact that you release that, you're releasing it for your family, your lineage, but also for your mother. So that was a that was a big one for me to tap into that. Uh, I did a different exercise, so it was around guilt and shame, and mainly around uh, mainly around uh, sexual trauma that people have. It, it doesn't have to be physical sexual abuse as such. We just have all this conditioning, especially for younger males. There's a lot of comparison. It's like, oh, this is pornography. You're starting to explore all these things. And all these traumas and beliefs will come up for you. So for me, I was tapping her into, uh, into sexual trauma and just some of the things that I'd gone through as a, as a kid, like seeing friends uh, have sex earlier than me. And I was like, oh, wow, am, am I not worthy of that? Am I going to be good enough? All these beliefs that came up. So I got to release that. And uh, it was, wasn't until after the exercise. So we sat there for about seven minutes, eyes closed just releasing all the guilt and shame from our body. And the reason we release guilt and shame is because it's a very low vibrational emotion. If you look at an emotional uh, frequency spectrum, guilt and shame are 20 and 30 hertz. It's how they're measured. Love is 500 and lightning is 1,000. So anything that's really dense causes it to be contracted. So the very fact we release it, we can open up to more expansion. That's how you manifest things. I'm open to, to expansive energies. So when I release that, I felt good. I felt in my body. I started to feel some tears come through. And for me, I hadn't cried from sadness probably from the age of 14. So I'm, I'm 23 at the moment. So it was 11 years since I connected from the depths of, uh, of being really sad. I would shut myself off. I didn't feel safe to express it. So uh, it, was, it was a great experience. And I had, I had two females, one sitting behind me, one sitting in front of me. So as soon as I released it, we, we did an eye gaze with the feminine. I was like, because there's a lot of healing to be done between the masculine and feminine. And I was like, I want to lay back. So I've laid back on uh, one of the other female participants. And I looked up, I looked at her and I was like, wow. And my, like, for some reason, I've just gone to my mum, and I just burst out in tears. And I was like, wow, like, what is this? And I looked up at her and I realized that the, the very time, the very last time that I had, I had cried, uh, and all the heartbreak had gone through wasn't a result of me having my heart broken by someone else. It was I broke my own heart because I disconnected from my own mother. It was at the age when she had been diagnosed with cancer. And I just, I, I, dis I fully disconnected from her because I thought I was going to lose her. I thought that she was going to die. So energetically, as, as a kid not being aware, subconsciously, I've just pulled back to be like, cool. If she had died, I'm going to be more protected. I'm going to close my heart off. So I had this experience. I looked up and all the, the guilt and shame I'd been holding, especially around not connecting to her so deeply, was the result of me just at 14 years or 12 years, whatever it was, totally disconnecting from her as my mother, from, from the love that she poured out to me endlessly. So I just had this beautiful release experience. I, I bored my eyes for probably five, five to seven minutes. And yeah, just fully felt that emotion. And then after that, we're sitting, we're standing up in a circle uh, I think there was a few other people that still had to go with that exercise. And I put my head, I was standing next to a guy and I put my head on his shoulder and his energy was literally the same as my dad's, like quite closed off, quite numb. I put my head on his shoulder and I just burst into tears again. I was like, so I've just had this experience with my mom. Now I'm having this healing with my dad who's like, who I'm putting my head on. And yeah, for me, that opened me up to experience and release a lot of sadness. So now I have cultivated over the last four months since the retreat, a very deep connection and ability to access sadness if I feel it. Because for, for all of us, we'll go through elements of being sad in our life, yet we won't express it fully. And the beauty with expressing emotions, in the moment, it's messy. If we create the space, it's messy. It can, it's sadness, anger, it can be quite messy. But on the other side of a fully expressed emotion is bliss because we're completing the cycle of the emotion. So anywhere from, say, 
there's studies on it. It's like anywhere from sort of 90 seconds to seven minutes is a fully felt emotion. As we release the emotion, we, we, we raise our vibration to this bliss state again. So for me, that was the deepest healing. I then two days after the day after the retreat. So two days after that practice, get on the phone to mum, ring her and was like, Hey, I had this experience, just shared it all. I was like, I love you so much. And she's like, like my son's just said, he loves <laughs> and, and I was, I was, uh, I had a friend there and she's just like, wow, that was really beautiful. I'm like, it's the first time I've told my mom I've loved her since I'm like 14 years old. She's like, that was so natural. I'm like, I've literally had this healing, which is for me, I, I held a lot of guilt around not telling my mom I loved her. She, all she wanted to hear was that I love you. But I just, I was so closed off to it. And it's because of all the trauma that I really inflicted on myself as well. So as soon as I let go and release that, boom, this connection just opened up. And I, uh, part of being in Bali, I, I stayed there longer. I it was my first time actually being out of home. I was living at home up until that point. Now I live out of home. I'm up at Byron Bay. My family's down in Sydney, which is nine hours by car south. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're, our relationship's deeper than it's ever been uh, because of, largely because of that healing experience. Wow. I got yeah. goosebumps. Um, I resonated with that quite a lot. Uh, my my dad uh, passed away in 2014, but he first got cancer in 2000. And I was at the age of being at, okay, well, if I just don't feel this or I don't think that it's actually happening, it's not going to happen. Or if it does happen, I won't at least be as attached to it. Mm. And that really at that point uh made it difficult to to want to be around my dad because i would have to then feel so when he then became on remission in 2011 uh, in 2001 um we got to start building that connection and but it 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 screwed me up a little bit because it made me then believe, well, I don't have to attach myself to anything real like that because it's not going to be the outcome anyway. Because mm -hmm. we got told my dad was going to have a year to live. I didn't believe it. I just kind of shunned off that feeling. I just tried not to connect with him because, well, if it did happen, at least I wasn't as connected. Mm -hmm. Or I can say, ha, told yourself it ain't happening. See, why would you get yourself all upset and worried like that? But then when it didn't happen, I got that feeling. See, I knew I was right. Don't don't let yourself feel those things until it actually happened. See, and it didn't happen. So you would have gotten all upset, all you know, worried and, and not slept days and nights and all that kind of stuff. But then when it actually happened, again, when my dad got cancer again, but it actually happened where my dad passed away, I had a full out breakdown mm. i never i never felt so much like i was like legitimately word vomiting over mm. my dad's body in his room and my grandma was outside and everybody else kind of had left and i sat there and just released everything that i've ever felt me and my dad had a very complicated relationship um mm. he dealt with alcoholism and because of that, I always felt, why would you choose that over us and all those kinds of things. And I didn't want to believe that it was a disease and that it was a lot harder to control and manage than what it was. 
Um, but then we were also a lot alike. So we would bump heads when we fought. We would really bump heads and things would get nasty. But I just released so much. And this was my first, I believe, my first real experience of like truly releasing emotions where like, I was like, whoa, I've felt emotions, I've honored emotions before, but like I've never really worked through them or allowed them to release. Mm. But it made me feel a little awkward after because I had let everything go and I felt really light at the end. Leaving that room, I felt very lighthearted. I felt at peace. But then I was struggling because I knew everybody else was extremely sad and hurt and lost. And I'm thinking, should I be feeling this right now? I mm. don't understand. It's not that I'm not sad that my dad's passed away, but why am I feeling so light right now? Mm. And it took me a lot to understand that that was, that was my dad's, you know, receiving my energy and saying, you know what, let me take that from you. Mm. Let me honor that. I love you. I'm still there with you. However mm. you need me, I'm there. And from then, I feel my dad everywhere. I I can sit there and I can feel him where there's other people in my family. They still don't even like really bringing him up, right? Because they try mm. to detach where I'm like, I bring him up. I'm like, hey, Faja, I was at a girls weekend. We used to always go frog catching. And the one girl went down to the lake the one night and there was one frog there. And I went and I caught it and I was like, hey, this is my dad. This is my dad's energy. Just showing them that he's here, that he's enjoying our girls trip up north, <laughs> fishing and all that kind of stuff. And I just feel that energy. But yeah, it was that first initial release of all of those emotions that I've always felt towards my dad that mm. I never really felt that I could express due to whatever reason. Um, him being drunk, us bumping heads, whatever it is, that it was like, why am I feeling so lighthearted right now and, and enlightened about what had just happened, even though my dad has passed away. Mm. And even still talking about it, people look at me like I have five heads. Like, yeah. what? You felt mm. that? Like after your dad passed away? And it was like, I know how much my dad was struggling and yeah. I think also with that feeling that my dad gave me that he's always here. Yeah, it's unfortunate that I can't wrap my arms around him because I would love to be able to have a hug or hear his laugh or be able to go out and do physical things with him. But I have that feeling that no matter what, even if I'm doing something physically, just me, he's there anyway. So that's mm -hmm. where that whole connection really like for me grew deeper and really allowed me to understand that it's all about energy and, and yeah. what you release and what you allow in mm. yeah I, I dare say in the relationship with your dad there was a lot of a lot of guilt held because you couldn't get to the depths of that connection so the very fact by you just having that outburst you just let go of it all and yeah energetically spiritually you've connected to him you're like cool i let go of all that now we're connected like there's clarity between us we feel good we're connected now and the rest of the family then they were starting to process all the stuff they had said and they're still probably holding on to a lot of it they hadn't get, they didn't give them themselves the chance to fully express that you allowed yourself to wow i'm gonna vomit all literally vomit and purge all this out and that's just again took you out of that lower vibrational state and just connected you to your dad yes and i've i've 
I really like I left I remember leaving that that conversation um with thanking him for for raising me the way that I am. I am not your girly girl. I am tomboy. I have all brothers. My mm. dad used to always joke with me being like, you know what? I used to always think, you know, it was guys and girls. And then you came and you blew that right out of the water and you can do anything a guy can. And mm. it was that, no, don't think just because you, like I, I felt his shift in really the belief in who I was as a woman and just as a person and his belief really just is what helps me be who I am and I never really got to thank him for that while he was alive because I was so blinded by all of the other stuff that I perceived as negative that he was giving me like well why are you drunk at again today why are you doing this again instead of just connecting with what he has given me as a person and connecting within the ways that we can instead mm. i of course searched and because i was looking or because it was always there it profounded all of the the negative of the situation or the relationship it amplified it and i think because i got to thank him for that and really have that gratitude of who I am because of the man he was and how he helped me, you know, be strong within my, my womanness and just as a person mm -hmm. that I feel has also really right now, I'm grateful for so much. Like gratitude mm -hmm. is my number one thing. If you ask anybody about me, they would say that positivity and gr and gratitude are like, that's what represents me. And it was a lot of due to that moment. I practiced gratitude before. I would always say thank you to things and be grateful for things. But it was in that very present moment that really, when I felt that lift, that I was like, woo. And yeah, and like you were saying, it's the vibrational. That it was kind of like I got to that stage of being grat in gratitude that it released the rest of it. And now I love being in that field of energy that when I feel myself slipping, I honor it, but I try and figure out how I can channel myself back up. Mm. Yeah, wow. So speaking of channeling yourself back up, how does, I wanna get back to you, how would somebody channel themselves back into a higher vibration if they're starting to feel shame and stuff? How do you work through shame and, and guilt? Yeah, yeah. So they are, they're the dense, they're the densest emotions as we identified before. So part of it, uh, other than avoiding an emotion, is actually feeling the expression of it. So uh, a quick exercise. So we do a lot with our coaching, but a quick exercise for something like guilt and shame is journaling. Like get it, get a journal out. Journal. Uh, I hold guilt around this. I hold shame. And you'll come up with a lot of stuff that you're guilty and, and shameful of. Uh, if, yeah, if you're not quite sure on what guilt and shame are, literally just look up the definition because guilt is more about, okay, something I've done that I'm holding on to, shame's about how someone else is perhaps perceiving me or because of this, I'm now viewed as this person. So really attaching to what, what, what is that emotion and uh, how I then like to take it because in life I like to amplify a lot of things, journal, but then, have a have a have a session in the mirror 
where you forgive yourself for holding on to the guilt and shame. So by the act of forgiving, like, wow, so write it down. You don't need your journal, like put it together. You know what you're holding the guilt and shame around. You've identified it consciously. It's there, cool. It's in your subconscious. Then let's like look at the mirror and lock eyes with yourself and just like, I forgive myself for the guilt I held around this, 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 this. What tends to happen is people will start to just process analytically. The best thing you can do is actually get into your body and access the emotion. So by breathing, you anchor yourself back in your body. So I just use some nose breaths so in through my nose and out through my mouth. I'll breathe in, take three to five breaths, come back in my body. I'm centered. I'll keep my eyes closed at times. I forgive myself for this, 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 this. And then I'll just look at myself in the mirror, witness myself. It, emotions may come up. So the very fact by you releasing something like guilt and shame, you can then start to transmute that emotion and come back to higher states. With something like sadness, again, feel it. What, what are you actually sad for? Feel it in your body before you release it. Anger, the same. Feel it. Allow the, 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 the rage to build up. And whether you need to go into your room and smash, smash into pillows and scream into a pillow, that's all it's all normalized. Society is like, no, you can't do that. It's like we need to transmute these emotions out of our body. So uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple practices there to, to release those emotions. How, how would you, um, for those vibrations, how would you work with somebody? So if I'm in the middle of something and say you're a friend and I'm feeling shame, like how do I connect because I know shame makes you feel alone. Shame really likes making you feel like it's just you. Like only you are going through this. Nobody mm. else can possibly go through this except for you. Mm. How do you, A, find your people mm -hmm. that are worthy enough to hear your your story your of what you're either telling yourself or whether it's real, something that's actually happened, how do you find those people um, to help channel that energy? Because I know sometimes feeling like alone or doing it alone is not easy. You can fall mm -hmm. into depression or you can simply just fall into just ignoring everything and just feeling mm -hmm. numb throughout life. And then that way, but you're also not experiencing any of the good, happy, joyful feelings as well. So how important is it for you to find people to practice releasing your shame in those unwanted vibrations in a response mm. manner, not in a reaction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's super, super important. And uh, look, a lot of the time people only ever experience that level of safety within their friendship circles uh, on, on like a retreat on a scheduled retreat where it's like, Oh cool. This is what we're here for. The, the test is to find people in your life who also are on the same wavelength to start with, but also like, yeah, all of you is welcome. You can fully express what you need to. So uh, I'm just referencing our household. There's four of us that live together. One's my business partner. Uh, one's my really good friend. And now there's a facilitator who does uh, sacred cacao ceremonies. We will be like in our room and someone's crying and someone's screaming and someone's doing like a, a release. But we've created this just, this is safety. Like all of you is, 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 is allowed to fully express in this space. You're welcome to do that. But the, yeah, the need for tribe and to have people on, on a similar wavelength is, is so, so crucial because when we meet people like that and that they can also hold us in, there's a lot about being alone. Yes, we get to hold ourselves and release, but there's so much healing to do when someone else can witness, witness us releasing that emotion, especially masculine and feminine, having those two opposite energies because there's so much 
trauma around the masculine and feminine energies and the, and the relationship between the two. So if you can have the different dynamics and people who are going to hold you through processes, there is a lot of healing that will happen. What? So can you go more in depth about like the, the male and female energies? Like what is it? Can First off, why is there so much like resistance and tension between our energies and what are some of the ways that we can bring it so that we unite and our energies are flowing as one yeah yeah, cool so uh yeah setting some just ma everyone everyone despite being male or female has masculine feminine components to us females largely feminine at core males the majority masculine at core but we have the elements of both Yes. Why there is healing to be done and why there's wounding around the two energies is because of the experiences we have in life. There's a lot of conditioning around. Uh, there's a lot of men that are rapists. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a belief that yes, there are, it's, it's the truth. And there is a lot of conditioning that are not safe around the man. And for men that are polarized or distorted in their energy, especially a dark masculine energy, their energy signature that we feel, and especially females, they feel unsafe. They feel like it's a it's a dark, perhaps penetrative energy. So there is like, oh, I'm scared. I'm gonna I'm gonna resist that. And uh, with with the feminine, there's there's also uh, a lot of healing to be done in regards to the masculine as well. But it's it's largely that because sex is such a big thing between the masculine and feminine. There's a lot of conditioning around that. Uh, so that's that's why it exists. And then. In regards to uh, how we can heal that, so bringing the energies together. So the most healing that I've experienced with the, with the feminine, it's more in regards to uh, basically, I also look at it outside, like I have like little boy energy in me as well. I'm just a little boy that needs to be held by my mother or a feminine. So for most of the time that perhaps I'm scared of the feminine energy, I'm polarized and I'm trying to escape, my little boy doesn't feel safe. So if I have feminine energy, someone feminine that can hold me and comfort me and literally just allow my little boy to go through a process of I'm scared, but I need you to hold me. That's where the healing will take place for uh, feminine energy that needs a lot of healing. It, it, it perhaps is around the masculine. They don't feel safe being around the masculine because of perhaps some dark masculine energy, which is distorted. And like, I feel like I'm going to be raped basically. And a lot of a lot of, sadly enough, a lot of females do go through that experience. So by a male holding them with no expectations of this meaning anything, there is healing to be done for them. Like, cool, I am actually safe being held by the masculine energy. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. there's a lot. But I, I think to, one of the biggest breakthroughs I've had is that we aren't just masculine and feminine. There is lightness and there is darkness to us. We get to be all of it. Yes. So how would how would somebody um, how would somebody not only you know help you know by finding someone of the opposite energy? So like actually finding a female that you know you can you can mm. re, you know rely on and her hold that space. But how can somebody tap into their own energy of the opposite so for example me how could i tap in or somebody um like in a female how does she tap into her own uh male side and energy and help herself within that energy or even vice versa how can a male 
inter like interwine himself into his female energy and heal himself there because i feel we can only do so much um with someone else but that that safety and that energy does have to reside within and it has to start with you so what are some ways that you can tap into um your other side so that when somebody does present that openness for you to go okay i'm feeling this but she's going to hold that space for me mm. i can now work within myself and within that space she's providing how can someone do that yeah i think it starts with an awareness of what what is the essence of both the energies and the lightness and the darkness so the four think of it as four quadrants we've got masculine we've got feminine but within each of those is a light and a dark so becoming aware of the different aspects of each so for a light feminine that's more about nurturing it's about love it's about essence it's about this radiance for the masculine there's an element of uh say support i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be there for you i'm the provider whereas when we dive into the realms of the darkness for female for the feminine energy it's more about intuition it's literally about sexual energy it's about the womb energy whereas the masculine it is it is penetrated but in a in in a safe safe way it's like no like i see you like here is my energy it's channeled to you it's very goal oriented it's very focused it's very direct so when we become aware of what the energies are we then can start to embody those in our life we can play we can play with our feminine side like i will dance and i'll move and i'll get into my flow and then i'll get into the darkness of being very intuitive i'll get into the the lightness of the mat of the light masculine and be like cool i'm here i've got you like i'm 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 your king i'm going to hold you in that and then i can dive into like i i see you and this is what i want this is my desire there's boundaries around that too and i'm in the divine expression of it but first of all becoming aware with how how we can cultivate that within ourselves and by being aware we can also meet others in that it's like this feminine energy needs my masculine to hold her and this is how that would look for her so for someone that so how could because it sounds like even with like the uh, this you say the darker side where it's like i see you i i'm you know i'm desiring you mm. that can be a, as much as it might be a darker sensation for women we all want to feel desired so how yeah. can and we want we want our men to be like i see you i see yeah. you girl how can how can we it's obviously within that energy um and if someone obviously if a female has an energy um within her negative of that intuition of that sexual how can how can you communicate that it's it's a desire of love for you you are safe mm -hmm when i'm feeling this way when i'm seeing you and i'm desiring you and i'm wanting you and i have that like oh that passion mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. like oh that passion i'm going to make you unsafe or make you feel uncomfortable how can you help because we want we want our guys to feel that we want that but how can we if we have maybe some sort of trauma how can we work in a relationship where it's like okay i want you to feel that way but how can you portray it to me in a way where i feel safe within my intuition that it's mm. not just for sex it is because you desire me as a human you desire me for you my love and all of that kind of stuff as well yeah i think you, you nailed it it's like there is a big element of communication so when we when feminine energy doesn't feel safe generally a it comes from a lack of communication this is 
we we have this divine expression of all of these these energies but there's also this distorted aspect to that so when we're not communicating especially as a male to a female if we're in a dark energy and we like see her i'm like wow she's like she's really attractive i i want that if you don't communicate that like you you create this shadowed side of yourself so because the feminine is so intuitive and feels a lot they will know they're like wow that creeper over there is looking at me like i feel like he's gonna <laughs> like perhaps so I, I, the very act of communication will break down a lot of those barriers so that's i, I guess in regards to the initiation of that and that allows the female the, the feminine or the female to be very seen and like wow i feel wanted i feel desired like i feel beautiful in terms of in being in, in a relationship and especially if the, if the masculine wants to get into his dark elements and own her, if she's got trauma or wounding around that because she's experienced that before, that is then, again, about communication. It's how can I meet you in this? How can I make you feel safe in this? So relationships will only deepen when there's communication because if that was in a relationship where someone, the masculine was like, I, I want you, I want to own you, but she was triggered and didn't communicate that, well, it's, it's just going to create all these stories and these shadows again. So all of this just comes back to communication and what do you like a big thing for me with relationships in my life is what do you need like what do you actually want so just creating that context is like this is how i can meet you or what are you feeling right now what's in your heart like what how can i meet you in this if someone's feeling unsafe it's like what i can tap into my heart and be like cool this is what she needs or ask me like what what would you need to to feel safer like what what would you need to hear from me so yeah communication is it just it breaks down all the barriers. It breaks down all the trauma and the wounding. And yeah, it's magical. So for now, I'm going to switch the, the, the outcome for cool. women. How yeah. do we, how do we help men, um, feel that, that safety and that comfort? Because a lot of the time, you know, most men, unfortunately, they grow up with don't feel, don't think. Men can't cry. Don't feel that. Don't show that emotion. Oh, if you let her know too much, then she's going to know she's got you. How mm. can we How can we either communicate? What are certain ways that we communicate? Or what are ways that we can show the men in our life, whether it's a, a sibling, a, a nephew, a relationship, a romantic how can we show men that it is okay to tap into that that feminine side of them um, and and make them want to show it more? Mm, it's a very good question. And I feel, so from my own experience, when I haven't opened up to that and been my full self, it's largely because I felt scared, regardless of being a man and having all these perhaps having muscles and like i'm so macho and alpha it's like the little boy inside of me has feel ha has felt scared so i don't want to open up to it so again that element of holding being holding the masculine closer and communicating that he is safe he can like you can feel however you want to like if it's it's normal to cry it's it's safe if you if, if you're scared like what do you need from me again that communication piece but by holding uh holding the little boy inside it allows the man and the king to emerge and tony robbins talks about it a lot it's like if you want to if you want to experience the king you have to heal the little boy and uh, we masculine and feminine we're literally just little kids with intellect we develop intellect so we've got those parts of us that want to escape that want to flee that want to hide so for the feminine it's just like just hold him hold him to the point he can open up because that's what we'll do is if we feel that safety and that just the essence and the radiance and the surrender of the feminine to us as well, 
we will we will open up and we'll express what's on our heart so how i love that i love that so how me and you were in a relationship mm -hmm. something has come up and there's some there's now tension mm. but now i want how do i how do i channel my energy i'm seeing a lot of tension within you and i'm starting now to see that little boy how what are some ways as the woman that i can slow myself down from the reaction that's probably happening within that tension to really allow myself to make you feel like you can when i'm hugging you and i'm going in for that hug because yeah. i'm now i'm now starting to realize this is deeper than what it, the the tension is mm. how can i channel my energy as the woman to hold you where you're not just feeling like oh my god she wants me to shut up or she wants this to be over how can i hold you enough in that space how can i channel that my energy so that when i'm holding you you actually feel that calmness you feel that i'm in a place of safety how can i channel that especially if my energy has already been in such a reaction mode or tension mode or frustration how can i channel that because that's a lot of the time fights happen and it kind of just either disperses because somebody's like hey whatever you're right and then that's it but how but arguments never go away that way it might mm. be done at that moment but when it arises again so how can somebody go okay no this needs to start being worked on right now so how can i flip my energy yeah there are a lot of elements to that so uh one thing i just want to bring up first is uh, sometimes males are going to need space they, they don't want to be held they need the space they need to, their own time to go away to regather and then they can come back and communicate in regards to uh two people coming together to to heal and to talk about whatever has come up there needs to be especially if you if you felt the masculine has like really got tense and you, you're yourself like oh i want to be able to heal this you need to gather yourself first so for me with uh, just talking in regards to triggers if i'm triggered i will stop i will breathe i'm like breathing i acknowledge that this is mine that's coming up i'm triggered for whatever reason and just say, for example, you've you felt me get tense. You're like, I want to, I want to hug him. I want to hold him. You've regathered yourself. You're ready to 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 do whatever you need to do to uh, meet me in that. And maybe that, like, yeah, you just know that it's safe to to hug me. Like, it's a, it's a knowing. Feminine is very intuitive. Energy. It's like it's a knowing that that is the case. The male might want more to talk. He might want to try bottle it. Based on condition, he might want to bottle inside, hold onto it. The feminine is very good at disarming us and like just the softness of touch would you like to would you like to share anything with me like do we do you, do you want to share and then the master might be like look I, I want to but right now I, I just want to process this i want some alone time so again it comes back to communication it's like what what do you need from me do you want to share anything and especially with the feminine energy uh being so soft being so nurturing being such to surrender it's going to speak to the masculine energy of like okay wow she's so delicate and i get to support and nurture this so there's a <clears throat> yeah i've witnessed it a lot it's like a disarming of the masculine energy just for the feminine meeting us Does that answer and that? that's yeah i love that mm. now for i'm gonna i'm playing back and forth for okay. the for the women uh -huh. a lot of the times like you were saying it comes from this like unsafety or this this scarcity of whether it's a sexual thing or or maybe mm. it's 
unfortunately their dad was their dad was absent or didn't provide so they have this fear what are some ways for a man um to show up with an energy of consistent providence where it's mm -hmm. like i'm here to consistently provide you in what you need how can a man show because a lot of the time we we tell people or we tell the the gentleman in our life and it's like they do an action and then all of a sudden it's like it failed like it slowly goes or maybe they're like a week of doing it and then it's like goes away what are mm -hmm. some consistent steps or ways that a man can say hey i'm here to provide for you always and what you need no matter how that looks what are some ways that a man can show that energy to a woman where even when it maybe feels like it's slipping she can always go back to it yeah okay uh i feel like yeah for a lot of masculine especially if you're witnessing that it's it's people that are out of integrity and this is a big element it's like if you're going to commit to something there needs to be this level of integrity to follow through with it so I don't think it's so much of an energetic thing for that masculine be there to provide. I think it's what he's actually, the, the actions are going to speak louder than any words that come out of his mouth. So uh, as, as, a, as a masculine, it's like, if you're going to commit to that, if you're, if you're literally giving off the energy of I've got you, like I've got you in this relationship, you need to show up and be able to deliver that. Uh, and yeah, I've experienced a lot of people in my life that, that have been like, yeah, I've, I've got you like where, we're mates or whatever it is and like they just haven't been there for me i'm like cool that's that's flaky like you, you're not a part of my circle anymore so the very fact of you declaring hey i've got you like i'm here to support you whatever you need that's then then you need to cultivate integrity around that because you've made a commitment commitment like that uh and yeah so I, I don't think it's so much of an, an energetic thing the 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 element i want to talk to on the energetics of it is having clear energy especially what i've witnessed is people can have very leaky energy it's like you a feminine might not feel safe because there's there's a questioning of like what is their energy actually representing towards me i feel perhaps they're unsafe or they're uncommitted to me or they've they've got interest elsewhere so as a masculine it's like and a, and a female as well it's like cool i get to be very clear on my intentions with this and this i i pride myself on how clear clear my energy is with people in my life i i am uh, now seeing someone so I, I wasn't for the last three months and I have a lot of feminine and, and females in my life and I hold them I literally hold them intimately I don't have sex with them I hold them through their process and, it, and because I've been so clear on that they feel safe they're allowed to open up and they heal so especially for the masculine it's like you get to be very clear on what your intentions are and connections they don't need to lead to a specific expectation just because I'm holding someone and I'm physically in, in, in physical contact with someone doesn't mean that it's time to have sex with them. It's like, I get to hold you. And this has just been such an awakening for me because I've got to experience my own healing. I've got to witness the power I have with the feminine, but also I've got to get clear on, okay, like there are very different styles of energy around me, especially from the feminine. This isn't so much something I'm interested in intimately. This is, but I've been so clear in the moment of like, I'm just here to hold you. So yeah, that went on a little little tangent, but there's a lot to that, and it's it's moving beyond uh, society's society's condition that because uh, they hold me or because I feel turned on by the opposite sex, that must mean sex. It's not the case. This is a big breakthrough, and this will help a lot of people. Is that if you feel turned on, you should 
communicate that to that person. Like some people, look, some people are not ready to receive that. This whole thing around shadow energy, it's like, if I feel toned on when we spoke about the penetrative energy of the masculine, I see that girl, she really activates me, she tones me on. Actually speaking that and being like, hey, look, thank you for allowing me to experience this feeling in my body. I, I have actually been activated or turned on by you. This doesn't mean anything. It, it, it shows me how, how, how beautiful you are, how, how big your heart is. Uh, but also, I just want to thank you for allowing me to experience this feeling in my body. Because that's this is the whole thing around like, you want to create a, a powerful business. You get to tap into your sexual energy. And if someone activates you and allows you to feel that, you don't have to be that cool. It now means sex. It means I'm going to transmute and channel this into something else. I think you're muted again. That's awesome. So, and also I feel that like when you're able to tap into that energy and feel that, I feel that that also <laughs> allows for you to understand and be able to then commit to somebody else if you are in a committed relationship. Because <laughs> a lot of the times where we get confused is, oh, that person turns me on. They yeah. either deny it, well, I shouldn't feel that because I'm in a relationship. It's like, well, we're human. <laughs> you're, you're, you're married or in a relationship, not dead. Other people are going to, you know, trigger that feeling. But also being able to learn how to feel that and express it in a way where it feels safe for you. It feels safe for that person that has arose in that feeling. But it also will help your partner or your person in relationship feel comfortable knowing that when those feelings arise and it's not about them or it's not has nothing to do with them, you are doing it in a healthy manner. You're able to control yourself. You're able to wind it in. But then also I feel that if you're able to wind that in, you're then able to wind it out into a more passionate way towards the person that you are desiring and loving because you've now know, okay, I can feel that or have that energy with someone else, but I can direct it towards the person that mm. I'm choosing. That is yeah. awesome. I absolutely love mm. that. I love that. And congratulations on the new relationship. How's that going? Uh, really good. It's it's interesting. I've I've had a pattern that I'm aware of in my life. I've only ever had uh, intimate relationships with a very light feminine energy. Like, hey, I've got you. I'm your king. I get to support you. I get to hold you. I get to nurture you. My business partner who I met at this retreat in Bali, it's like everything happened there. <laughs> she, she is all of it. Like she is like all the elements of the, of the masculine, the feminine, the dark and the light. So we're not intimate. We were never, sorry, we are intimate. We aren't sexually intimate. We're not in sexual intercourse relationship. Intimacy is just holding each other. So she's shown me all these sides. I'm like, wow, I get to hold her through business and this and this and this. But I then started to build my relationship with the darker aspects. So then I've, this girl has appeared out of nowhere who's the lightness and the darkness. And I was like, Oh wow. That's like, that's really scary. So at this time <laughs> I, had, I had this decision to make and I was like, okay, I've got, I've got girls that I'm interested in who are very light, the same pattern I've played out over and over again. And it's beautiful and it opens my heart, but it doesn't call me into a new level of leadership as my King. So I then was just like, hey, I'm going to commit to this. No matter how scared my little boy is, he wants to run away. And he's like, oh, you're going to like, your energy is going to consume me. I don't know what's here for me. <laughs> I just, I fully committed to it. And it's, it's, it's so interesting. Like, because we're both very conscious, like anything that comes up, it's triggers, we'll speak to it straight away. And like, for me, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm like, fuck, I feel like I'm going to, 
I, I might like my fears are coming up around losing love because I'm like this is such hard work there is such beauty and depth to the relationship but to be at that point we get to also address the triggers so for me it's like so much is coming up there's so much unfolding between our connection but like I, as I said I've, I've said it to him like when we're together like time just stops it's like us two together there's there's no relevance of time then throughout the week like I've got my my business my my mission she's like a, she's a cosmic being like she's a very very powerful lady very divine like I, I feel like she's from another planet she's working <laughs> with males and females especially in the, in the in the relationship world and like we've just got a, a respect and honoring for what we do we don't like oh yours is this mine's this it's like we've just got this beautiful respect and then we bring the energy of creation from our business into our relationship so it's just incredible and awesome. insane. I ha- we have I-, I have boundaries in regards to i've got my uh my business partner who i hold and i communicate this to my my new lady friend i'm just like hey like this is this is who i am i hold the feminine she's like i honor you for healing so much feminine because there's so much trauma for them so that's that's just the communication piece as well oh that sounds like magic and lovely and i'm so happy for you that you found that energy that you're so connected with and she sounds lovely because yeah um that that whole sense of you know knowing your man is holding someone else whether it's sexual or not is not an easy energy to accept so Mm. kudos to her that is fantastic so Mm. i want to dive a little bit into what you have started since bali so you've come home and it's like COVID. Yep. What were your thoughts? How, what were your process? How did you, how did you start tackling uh, your business and, and how did you get it to where it is now? And can you explain a little bit about what you do? Yeah, cool. So initial thoughts when COVID happened, I was, uh, I was very doubtful and frustrated with the human race. I'm like, this is a big fucking joke. Like what is going on? What are these lockdowns? Why are you all wearing masks? Why are you so fear-driven? What is going on? Relax, chill out. I've just been in this really soft energy. My heart's so open. I'm like, what is happening with the world? And I straight away, I was like, what? I don't belong here. I literally don't belong here. So I came out of the retreat and I was like, cool, I'm going to go back to my business. And then I just had this resistance inside me. It's like, you're not going home. You're not going home. I'm like, okay, interesting. And the funny thing is, so Taylor, my business partner, we're driving back. So we're in the north of Bali. We're driving back to where we're staying for the night. There was a few of us. And she goes, oh, can I read your Instagram? And in that period of my life, I was so heavily involved in the self-development work. She's reading all my posts, da, da, da. And she says, hey, I want to I wanna drop in with you. So it's this spiritual lingo. Of like, I want to drop it. I want to have a deep conversation with you. Like, I want to sit there. I want to do some breath. I really just want to connect you heart to heart. So cool. We can do that. She goes, I've just got this vision for us. Like, well, for her, first of all, I want to create this online platform. I want to do a lot of health coaching. I want to help people with their traumas. I want to rewire people's uh, subconscious. I've done this, this, and this. I'm like, wow, like this has been a vision of mine. And what I told myself is I'm going to do this in a year's time. I'm going to build the gym up. The gym's hit seven figures at our first location. We're going to open two more. We're going to have three franchises, which are company owned by the end of the year. Then I'm going to go all in on this new dream. I'm going to sell my shares. Uh, at that point in time, I can sell my 25% for what would look like maybe a couple million dollars. I'll sell that. I'll get out of that. And I'll focus deeper on this. It wasn't the case when COVID happened. It's like, no, you get to do that now. So if I return, so I was in Bali. If I return home to Australia, 
I was going to spend 14 days in self-quarantine at my home. I would then be in this really dense, like isolated uh, energy. I wouldn't feel the birth creation. I wouldn't be able to integrate all of the beautiful things that happened from Bali. So myself and Taylor, like, let's stay in Bali. We feel like, let's stay in Bali. Let's create this thing. And I was like, cool, I'll work part-time. I'll still earn money, can support us. And we can, as we build this business, we can then, we can then uh, just go all in on that at some stage. And uh, I spoke to my business partner and he's just like, wow, I did not expect this. He then had to process a lot. At the same time, gyms were about to be shut down. We'd lost 60% of the clientele. So he's handling all this. He's then his business partner, like literally his rock had been like, oh, I'm going to actually live in Bali now and only work half the time. He's just like, what the fuck is going on? So he was processing. He went into a process and then I'm like, oh, wow, like, I need you to have an answer now because I've got this and now I'm going to have to find a place to live in Bali. I've got a new business to start. I need to know now. And like, it just wasn't coming. He was just like, I need time. And I was just like, Hey, here's the hours I can work. This is all that I can do. Uh, I'm going to build a business and, he, and my business here in Bali. He's like, no, I, I feel really disrespected. I, I was like, cool. I understand why you feel that way. I was like literally putting me first. I'm sorry that this, this is what I need right now. So I, I chose myself. I chose to lead myself at the demise of not being able to meet him in that communication. So uh, we just like we just decided, hey, like it's not going to work out. Uh, I I then came up with a decision. I don't want my shares. I don't want any money for it. Yes, it's been two and a half years, and the, the gym's worth a lot now. But obviously, with the clientele, look, we we wouldn't have sold it for much at that point in time because we were literally on the on the verge of closing. And I just said, I want to gift them to the team. I want the team. They've, they've held everything that I've let go of as I've been in Bali. I want them to have it all. I want them to have my 25%. I left it at that. And we had a beautiful, so I was trying, I was avoiding the conversation. I was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to have this. It's very, it's like, there's eight years together. I was like, really just like, I don't want to, I don't want to have this conversation. And I had another mentor who I met uh, a few years earlier at another self-development seminar. He was actually doing some consulting work for our company to get us to franchise level. And he's very spiritually connected. He's like, brother, you need to have this conversation with Trent. Like it's eight, nine years of together. You get to get on a Zoom call, see each other eye to eye. And we just broke down in tears. We shared it all. They're like him and uh, another guy, Cameron. They're like, I'm so happy for you. This is, this is everything you've wanted. We're upset that like it, it's happened at this time and you couldn't come home and you, you, you couldn't just leave more peacefully. I'm like, I get that. But also here's all the parts around me coming home and COVID. They totally respected it. So, uh, yeah, we sort of let go of that slowly. And uh, at the time, I was like, well, Taylor, like, what are we going to do? What exactly are we going to do? So we created a free Facebook group. We then started doing live breathwork sessions. And we're like, cool, we're going to create some free groups. Like, we're going to create some free challenges in here. The first one was called Life Force Rituals. So, like, we're going to do seven days of morning rituals. So we did breathwork. We did some water, like, water intention ceremonies. We did movement. Uh, we did some guided meditation. So we're doing all these healing modalities. And from that, we started to build a connection. And we had a group of like 300 people that were doing, that were tuning in the mornings with us. Uh, and in this period, so we're in Bali, like we're committed to staying in Bali for the next 12 months. We set goals. I hired a coach. I'm like, when we hit uh, $600,000, that's when we'll go home. This is our goal. Like we're not going home. Let's just like burn the boats. We're not seeing any of our loved ones at home until we hit this. Like, cool. <laughs> Let's do this. And it got to a point where hey, we just didn't feel safe in Bali. The beaches were closing. We're like, we're foreigners in Bali. We've got access to food. We've got a good villa, but this is not free. And this isn't the lifestyle that people go to Bali to live. So like, no, we're going home. 
So we fly home. This was at the start of doing this, this uh, Life Force Rituals course. So we, we, we're in the hotel room. We come back to Sydney and uh, we're locked in a hotel for 14 days because they imposed all these, like, you need to stay in a hotel room. We get yeah. there. There's a window with, uh, you couldn't open the window. There's no fresh airflow. We got delivered three meals a day to the hotel room. We we're like literally locked up as prisoners. So we're, we're running this free Facebook group from a hotel room. I'm like, wow, okay. Like we get to at some point make some money from this. So I'm like, cool, let's, let's, let's have the idea of we'll have a paid six-week program. So we're building really strong connections from that. On the, sorry, the day after we left the hotel room after two weeks, that's when the course finished. Had a couple of sales calls. We made our first bit of money. I'm like, let's celebrate. We've had our first sales. We did like 6K in a day. I was like, wow, that was really beautiful. Now we've got to deliver, but we also need to make more sales as well because this isn't going to sustain us with going back into normal life. But I'm like, cool, how are we going to get more sales? We don't have that many people to speak to. Like someone sales calls, some were like, oh, I'm not ready for it. Some did. So I'm like, let's make another free group. Let's, let's call this one Thrive in Five. So we went deeper into healing. We did stuff with guilt and shame. We did... Uh, some we did some water fasting in there to allow people to uh, rewire their their patterns around food that oh wow i feel emotional i don't want to feel this or i don't know how to feel so i'm going to eat food to suppress it so we started to look at that and again we did we did a round of that we did some more sales calls and then it got to the point where we had our first uh six-week empowerment program and uh for tay and i, I was like we've, we've done this work for three years how are we going to what program are we going to create? We have three years of knowledge. We're like, let's just bring everything together and create this six-week program. I spoke to our coach and he's like, no, it's too much. Like, you've taken three years to learn this and embody this. We're going to create a six-week course. What are like the absolute nine or tens that you want people to experience? So we came up with four pillars. First was physical health, nutrition. Uh, so we were like, cool, let's have a, a big element of nutrition in this, which isn't like, core topics but it's going to happen throughout the six weeks as well we want people to optimize their health so we came up with a, a three-phase nutrition protocol where the first element was about uh removal from our from from our, our eating so removing gluten removing dairy removing refined vegetable oils uh refined sugars to to allow our body to cleanse itself so we did two weeks of that we then did some intermittent fasting which prepared us for a three-day water only fast so rewiring people's patterns around eating and that we must eat food or we'll die, uh, allowing them to access states of clarity and, and to, to really be in introspect. And then we introduce foods very slowly again. So we build up their, their gut bacteria again. We went through some probiotic courses, uh, fermented foods. We stayed in a state of ketosis, so allowing their body to, to go through that, uh, that way of eating. And then we slowly introduce carbohydrates again because carbohydrates tend to be what cause a lot of bloating and, and can flare up people's guts my microbiome so we then allowed them to intuitive because people are like i want to intuitively eat but it's like how can you how can you know what your body wants if you're constantly running on sugar on uh on gluten on dairy if you're out of balance you can't be like oh cool, i'm gonna intuitively because you're gonna eat all the time because your your brain is signaled sugar 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 so we got them to a place where we then reintroduced food got them into a beautiful cycle with that and uh yeah for a lot of people they, they healed, they got one of the girls, uh, chronic fatigue, and she had a pylorus is a condition, and she's drastically improved that just from that six-week program. That was the first pillar, nutrition, physical health. We then had mindset, so doing a lot of work around uh, limiting beliefs. Uh, so the thing with the, the human mind is that we generally change our beliefs or change in life based on 
a certain amount of pleasure and a certain amount of pain. So being able to link limiting beliefs to pain and then find more empowering beliefs and associate them to pleasure. Uh, we then look at embodiment or mindset again, like looking at growth first, fixed mindsets, comparison, all types of things. We have an, a topic on embodiment. So how can I not just know the thing, but actually be it? Like there's a, there's a, there's a lot of uh, work we do around masks. So people are like, oh, you, you have to show up and you have to be a certain way all the time. Masks, a very powerful tool. It's like, say for example, uh, I can have the mask of the good boy, the responsible one, the party boy, the king, the queen, the little boy, the jester, the joke, all these certain masks. If we yeah. consciously choose how we're going to show up in a, in a space for whatever reason, we we can be what, very dynamic. It's good, it's good to be dynamic. People are attracted to people that are quite dynamic and versatile in how they show up. So big elements there around being intentional, not subconsciously being like, oh, I'm this, I'm this. It's like, I choose to show up as the lover. I choose to show up as the intellectual, whatever that may, that may be. So uh, a big pillar on embodiment and then soul purpose. So we also combine into that relationship. So speaking about the four quadrants of the energies and the, and the masculine feminine and the light and the dark, uh, we looked at boundaries, discernment, intuition, uh, manifestation. So we have a six week deep dive. Uh, there's a component of it, that, which is group based. So delivering content, allowing them to do tasks. And then we do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So Taylor's my, my business partner. She's more of uh, intuitive and an embodiment coach. So very much in line with, okay, what's happening with your energy? How are you showing up? I'm very strategic. I've built a seven-figure business before. So I'm very analytical. I had an engineering background. I can also very connect to my, my emotions and my, my feminine, my masculine side. But uh, I also do a lot of work with the subconscious in terms of doing timeline therapy. I do hypnotherapy. So there are a lot of my components helping people break through beliefs and disempowering emotions. I was helping people with their business. Someone, one of my clients had a massage business and she wanted to dive into the health space. So I helped her build a business model and, and, and a value ladder for her business. Cause she's like, okay, I want to, I want to sell 20 of these $600 products by the end of the financial year. I'm like, cool, that's great. But you're trying to sell this to a cold audience. Like you need to have something which is lower barrier for them to them that like, cool. I trust you. Let's do this journey together. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just everything coming together. It's a very holistic way of coaching. Uh, so we did our first round of that beautiful testimonials. One of the girls, she had anxiety. She was on antidepressants. Uh, she had her gut conditions on week four. She got herself off the antidepressants. I was like, look, I would like you to, to, to speak to your psychiatrist about that. She's like, no, I'm going to choose to, I'm going to choose to get off it. I feel clear. I don't, I don't need this. You've helped me work through anxiety. You've helped me work through myself down. I don't need these anymore. So I assisted her in getting off the process of antidepressants and she did. And uh, she's then like, cool, I'm going to start my own business now. She goes, I never thought I'd do this, but I'm going to be a health coach. She's gone through some of her health journey. So she's on the, on the track to doing that. Uh, in the next two weeks, we start our second round of empowerment. So the round two. Uh, so we've got some, some more clients coming through for that. And then at the end of the year in December in Australia, in Byron Bay, we have our first uh, seven-day retreat. And so then the next, the next year for like our, our scope and our trajectory looks like some more rounds of empowerment. We have a free program called Thrive in Five, which we run before our empowerment programs, which introduce people to the work, our retreats. And then in the next 12 to 18 months, myself and Taylor want to own our own retreat space here in Australia. So to deliver retreats uh, that we can run ourselves, but also have that as a passive business model where people are using the space. I want to integrate a lot of biohacking into it. So infrared saunas, uh, flotation pools, hyperbaric oxygen, just have this beautiful space that just ticks all the boxes for, for a retreat experience for us. So yeah, we will be there. 
you'll be there <laughs> when when COVID finishes up. You'll be there. But if if I describe myself and Taylor, it's like we have a, have a no bullshit approach to coaching humans become better humans by tapping into their their potential, uh, improving their their physical body, removing and clearing out limiting beliefs and emotions, and and stepping into a state where they they feel like that if they feel like they have full potential in their life to achieve whatever they want so yeah that's that's really who we are and what we do that is amazing i only have one more question before i get to that where can my listeners find you like find you find your business find your partner uh share that so that uh, my listeners can get to you and get uh, a hold of all that amazing um, work that you're doing amazing i would say i would recommend to just add me on instagram so it's at luke awakened uh that is my instagram handle uh and yeah i i show up daily on there with my posts and my stories and i'm talking about when the next opportunity for free programs or six-week immersions or retreats are so luke awakened on instagram i have facebook as well it's the same handle if you search that but yeah i'm largely active on instagram and yeah, the the opportunities will just be through my through my uh, social medias. Amazing. So my final question for you, and I'm excited to hear this, is what is your perspective on positivity? What is my perspective on positivity? Ha! Ah, that's a good question. Hmm. It's my final question for um, all of my guests because yeah, I'm I'm in um, because well positivity is my biggest thing. A lot of people talk about is I'm um, writing a book called Perspectives on Positivity, and I'm hoping just to deliver a bunch of different ways of showing perspectives on positivity and how to find it. So through some mm -hmm. of my my guests. Uh, having all my guests list, some of their stories, some of my own stories, I'm going to entail it all and mm. uh, bring it together so that people are seeing real life stories happening and people getting perspectives of positivity out of it. Mm. So my perspective on positivity, positivity is a state of, really it's a state of living. Uh, I, I, it's, it's the, the cultivation of uh, being able to access high elevated emotions but it's also honoring that we have uh more dense emotions that we get to be present with and get to release around body so that we can come back to that high elevated state which brings positivity to our life and to, to elaborate it is we experience positivity through uh through living a life which is an which is actually in alignment with us what we want to create in our life feeling the emotions we we want to feel i like that oh that was so good that's amazing. Well, before we go, I just want to say thank you so much again for giving me your time and your energy for the Positive Spark Plug podcast. But I also want to say thank you for all of the incredible work that you're doing with each individual that comes in contact with you. You're truly making a difference. If it's anything like this podcast episode, your value, your insights, and your depth of, of connection, just even through just the camera, I can only imagine is amplified um, through your work. So thank you so very much for continuously wanting to be such a positive impact for the world, and you're certainly making it a, a healthier and happier 
better place. So thank you so very much for all that you are doing, as well as your partner. Mm, thank you so much for having me. Also, thank you so much for, yeah, for your your insight and your curiosity as to to the work that we do. And yeah, it's, it's been an honor to speak and to share. And I, I really feel like you've, you've met me in a lot of that. And it's, it's sparked, yeah, a lot of, a lot of questioning for me as well. So thank you for that. Thank you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. It's the start of my day. So um, enjoy the rest of your evening. And we will certainly, certainly be in contact. Um, I would love to maybe uh, connect with you, maybe partner up with something, uh, you know, mm -hmm. get the world from Australia to Canada connected, maybe through a challenge or some sort of thing. Uh, cool thing i think that would be awesome so i'll definitely be in contact with you um thank you so much again for everything thank you that'd be amazing wow 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 there you guys have it i hope you guys enjoyed this episode it was truly such a fantastic episode to record i absolutely was so immersed in the conversation i learned so much i absolutely loved it and i hope you guys did too and if you guys did please let us know what you guys thought by tagging us in the socials on instagram at at luke awakened and myself at spark plug wellness let us know what you guys think and also please rate and review the podcast it truly does help get the value of all of my guests out there to more people and it also lets me know that i'm providing you guys with fun impactful value and lets me know i'm on the right track once again, thank you guys so very much for listening Listening in, whether this is your first listen or you are a regular listener. I truly, truly appreciate you guys so very much. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And now it is time to go out and do something positive and be positive.